Welcome to 8 Tracks, a show where we look at 8 tracks that share a theme. This week we're looking at movie songs, or songs that feature in movies. We're going Oscar category rules here, being the credits, doesn't matter. Anyway, what we want you to do is we want you to follow along at home on the playlist we've provided in the description. So when we say track 1, you go play it. Well, give it a listen, or listen to it all before. We don't care, we just want you to have heard the tracks. As always, I'm joined by Katie. Hi! How's it going? I'm not bad. Just I saying. wasn't talking to you, I was talking to them. That's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, how you are. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you for a couple of days Yeah, now, exactly. So. I'm at peace with how you are. What have you been up to, Katie? Aye, fuck all. Not usual. much. The <laughs> <laughs> most Scottish response I think I've ever heard. Not anything. <laughs> no, man. Let's just crack on then. Oh, yeah, first track. Oh, you brought a pretzel? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was really good. You want to go to the first track? Aye, aye. Shall we crack on at the first track? <laughs> first up this week, we've got I'm Deranged by David Bowie. Track one. One, two, three, four. What a way to set the scene <laughs> for this podcast. Just like it does in the movie. Comes right at the start of A Lost Highway by David Lynch. Basically, it was Lynch's first idea for the film. While listening to I'm Deranged by Bowie, he could only see the uh, front of his car driving through the desert at Mm -hmm, night. mm -hmm. And that was the image it conjured, so he put it on a film. And it really sets the mood for that weird, weird movie. If I'm not mistaken, also the film that launched uh, Rammstein's career. Yeah, pretty much. In the United States, because they sent David Lynch a tape and they were like... Hey David, do you want to direct a music video for us? And he was like, well, I'm a bit busy, but I can fling Do Hast in a film. I want to see the song Ramstein in a movie. I love that, but you called it the, the song Ramstein. Yeah, the song Ramstein. Oh God, in, yeah, they have a song called, called Ramstein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, well, that um, was <laughs> Cut that, cut that. <laughs> it's not getting cut. I love that song. It's brooding. I know it's the era of Bowie that not many people are into. Yeah, kind of 90s Bowie, in it. But I have a real soft spot for it. It's a bit dancey. It's got some banging like synth bass in it. It's got that classic Bowie Mike Garson piano that you same kind of shit you hear on uh, Aladdin Sane. Yeah. It's just such a good moody track. It is. It, like it does sound deranged. Yeah. I don't mean to say that in a kind of like oh. ho ho ho. <laughs> that's the name of the song. Oh, oh see what she's up there kind of way, but like it does sound crazy and. I think it's like it starts off with that heavy drum intro. Yeah. That, and with the bass line really strongly like through it, and then it builds and builds and these mm. these kind of talking and abstract. Well, I say abstract turns. Like I have no idea what the hell he's singing about oh, in that. Who does? He's deranged. He's deranged. He's deranged. And then like the Mike Garson piano comes in, and that always sounds insane no matter mm. what because it's all dissonant and mm. it's all well jazz yeah. inspired piano it's, it's there to kind of mess up the sound of a track mm. which I love yeah kind of cacophonic in a way or? yeah yeah it does create a cacophony yeah like, I'm just sound. trying to throw out music terms oh. in an attempt to sound like I know what I'm talking about I mean that's what I do every single episode oh wow we've just are you trying to steal my you trying to steal my role what else can we say about that track? But I can't imagine that track being used in any other scene but the opening scene in No, I like, Lynch captures it yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, completely. And, you know, I have another pick for a movie song with Lynch. Maybe I'll we'll talk about it another time. Yeah. But this one edged it out just because it is the only way I can see that track yeah. in anything. Yeah. Every time I listen to it after having seen that, mm-hmm. 
I can't imagine any other way. Yeah. And the movie itself is one of Lynch's more kind of mixed films. I have my issues with it. Yeah. It's but it's interesting. Totally. And it yeah terrifying at points and yeah. Very... Here's a here's a query. Sorry to mm. interrupt. What came first? I'm deranged and lost highway or the video for Karma placed by Radiohead because um, they both have like they both have really similar vibes in terms of their their kind of like Lost Highway was feel no same year oh they're both ninety seven yeah all oh, right that's okay. mad so that's really weird don't know which came first but they are very similar vibes like, yeah video wise the whole thing of that shot mm. is it puts you in the place of the driver which yeah. kind of draws you into the movie or the video itself yeah. which you know removes a barrier from the audience the it removes the fourth wall yeah no it kind of removes a barrier for the suspension of disbelief mm. of the audiences yeah. and i think that song is kind of representative of lost highways a whole as well because mm. that's a deranged well. movie as yeah well. oh oh yeah oh yeah as <laughs> yeah Wait, sorry just as an aside here right i'm Can looking you... at the microphone like like you're there in front of me but like let's just pretend we're speaking mano to mano here katie saw lost highway for the first time about two months ago yes they are thereabouts jamie is trying to make me watch david lynch movies because i don't understand david lynch like we got through twin peaks i like twin peaks it's good you didn't go for the new series i didn't get through the new series i don't think that's good Please don't hold that against me. Let it build. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get David Lynch, but I found the opening to Lost Highway. It really affected me. Aye, aye. It's one of these things that just stays with you. Yeah. A bit like the other scene I might talk about in another episode. Cough, okay, cough, blue velvet. Don't cough, fucking cough. spoil it. Don't He's holding a lamp. <laughs> he always spoils it. Anyway, I think that's enough of me rambling about Lynch, because okay. I could go on for fucking ever. Yeah, it's time for me to ramble. Katie, Katie, would you like to introduce your next song? Yes, the next song that we're going to play you is called Dry the Rain, and it's by the Beta Bands. Now, as much as I hate to promote anything from Fife, <laughs> that's a ball. It's a great song. Yeah, I chose it because it's a pivotal comedic scene in High Fidelity. The fantastic movie. Yeah, with John, the Cusack. John Cusack and what's his face, Jack, Jack Black, Black, among others. Yes. Which is being remade this year. Oh God! Is I know. It? I I don't know how I feel about. Oh that. no, I feel it's a bad idea. Okay. So um. What the fuck are they remaking? How I don't know, we? but um, Ugh. Lenny Kravitz' daughter's in it. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. I don't know how I feel about this, but yeah. anyway. So there's a scene where basically one of the characters goes, "I will now sell five copies of the three EPs by the Beta Band," and like puts it on the record player, like he's like hot shit. Oh. And just kind of stands back and lets Dry the Rain play. And this girl comes over and goes, what is that? It's really good. And he's just like, I know. <laughs> like a pure white. But like, it's So really... you can see why this movie formed our personalities and but tastes. No, but the movie is so important. I was such a music snob when I was a kid. Like, mm. such a music snob. And I identified so much with Rob in that movie. Where mm. he's like, love didn't exist until Morrissey talked about it. What came mm. first, Misery or Morrissey? And all that shit, right? Mm. And, like, all he did was make lists. Oh, that, that's still me. Yeah, exactly. Well, the list thing, anyway. Yeah, me too. But it's such an that's important... How sorry, that's actually the formation of the show, <laughs> most likely, playlists. Yeah, it is. 
But it's such an important movie for music snobs to watch to break down. I I have mixed feelings on High Fidelity as a movie. Yeah. Um, I love the book. The book's great. I much prefer the book, but I feel like the movie because the book's such an encapsulation of British culture. Yeah. And the movie completely Americanizes it and sanitizes yeah. it. One specific scene that jumps to mind is uh-huh. in the book. They are. I mean, he's talking about his first kiss or something. Yeah. And they're in like in the book, they're in a park and uh-huh. they're all smoking a fag and you know sitting on a bench uh-huh. and like you know standard like teenage shit and then he yeah. pulls. In the movie, he's in a playground in an American school in a jungle gym, oh, a fucking jungle gym. Like it's like, like it's a fucking episode of the Recess, and he, he kisses for the first time. Anyway, so the beta band are amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that song is an absolute bop. You can hear like Madchester kind of Stone Roses, yeah, yeah. Happy Mondays in it with a little beat. Yeah, I like that their music is always a bit off. Yeah, I like how it's that kind of lazy, folky way. I it's I really like that. There was a lot of that kind of stuff coming out of Scotland at that time. Totally. Bell and Sebastian give me that vibe at some yeah, points as well. Yeah. It feels like super laid back stuff. Yeah, totally. But it's still got like a bit of a well, for the beta band anyway, it's still got an absolute groove to it yeah, as well. Absolutely. You can hear it in other things like Squares and Doctor Baker. Yeah, Doctor Baker. Oh, which is also on the three EPs. Yeah. I think Squares is as well, but I can't remember. But yeah, I think it's such a great song and it's a song that I've never been able to separate from that scene yeah, in High, High Fidelity. Because <laughs> yeah. like, when I was younger and I was a music snob, I watched High Fidelity all the time. You know how mm. you have those music, those um, movies rather that when you're like, I'm sad and whatever. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch them. One High of, Fidelity's always been one of mine. I mean, like, there's some choices coming up from a lot of them, I think. Yeah, there totally is. I think it was a really cool thing to do as well to put the such a band. small yeah, yeah. Scottish band. I can't remember if that's a scene in the book. I don't it's think it not. Is. I don't think it is. I, don't I think really it is. don't think it is. Because was the book not? Yeah, the book was way pre. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, the book was about four years pre. Yeah, uh, band or something like that. Well, I mean, regardless, like a, a big Hollywood film with Aye. John Cusack. Talking about the fucking beta band. Exactly, you know. I fucking chucked her love right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a, and it's a great song. It is. And I bet you he sold five copies of the three EPs at by the beta five, band. At, at least, least five. At least five copies, yeah. I've never been to a record shop that has five copies of the three EPs by the beta band. Weirdly, we were in HMV yesterday and they had a copy of the three EPs by the beta band. Just one like, though. Just one. I was like, but that's cool. That's nice to see. Yeah. Beta band getting some love. But they re-released that. That's why oh. I was there. Right. <laughs> Sorry, first of all. Anyway. Anyway, we'll move on to my next pick. It's the hottest and best scene ever filmed on celluloid film. It is I Still Believe by Tim Capello. The best song and the best scene and the best movie ever made. We actually went to see that the other night. Yeah, for Valentine's Day, we went on a super romantic date to go see The Lost Boys, and it was my first time seeing it in cinema, and it is genuinely my favourite movie of all time. And, oh my god, it's incredible. I didn't remember how early Oiled Up Sexy Sax Guy (laughs) appears, though. So yeah, we we should talk about that. So that song (laughs) is just a bit of an 80s bop with some fucking amazing sax, but in the movie The Lost Boys, starring Kiefer Sutherland, (laughs) early on in the movie, when the characters are at a... Kind of concert in the boardwalk. It's not a kind of concert. It's, it's a, a concert. sexy beach party. Sexy beach party concert. Because it says, I don't, I don't know if you spot it in the background, like genuinely on the stage, there's a sign that says live. <laughs> <laughs> or live Holy music. Shit. Um, really? Yeah, I fucking love that movie. Oh my god, um, I had no idea. So there he is, Big Tim Capello, playing I Still Believe, oiled up. He's <laughs> like, so oily. Like he's taking a bath in oil. 
thrusting, oh, yeah. fucking dancing he with his sax. He is making love to that saxophone. There's gentle a, and tender. There was a great recut of that scene where instead of having Jason Patrick look at Jamie Gertz as the romantic interest, they've recut it so he's just staring at the sax guy, and I love it. It's, that film, it's very horny. That film is so camp and it's so over very the top. Horny. And seeing it for the first time in like six years in a cinema, um, I didn't. I, as a child, I didn't realize that. Joel Schumacher just can't sexualise women. Mm. The only sexualisation that film is men. Yeah, is but great. I love that. I know, but it makes it really fun. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I don't feel skeezy about it in the slightest. It's not badly represented. No, you shouldn't. It's subversive of the male gaze. Aye. Mm. It has some nice mimics of 50s B-movie horror posters mm. and stuff with, like, screaming and stuff. And yeah. the, the vampire transformations are amazing. They're really cool. And, but yeah. the song the song so yeah he actually appears playing the same song in the lost boys too oh get out is it the same song the same song so they didn't they so, weren't like can you write another sexy no, or sad no, no, song no, no. so at the start it's it's kind of sad actually at the start of the lost boys too mind how at the start of the lost boys they play people are strange by the doors yeah, and yeah. our song that could have been included on this for a great movie inclusion yeah but it's the bunny man version and they show kind of montages of the streets of santa carla yeah, yeah they do something very similar in the second one i can't remember what song they use but they do a montage of the streets of santa carla and he is busking on the street at the start of that oh, movie no. and he's big and he's fat and he's old oh. uh but it was a kind of fun nod to like his yeah. original appearance in the movies does yeah. he still have his chain on yeah. you know he wears the he's, chain he's still oiled up as fuck get the fuck it's, out it's great like, like honestly that movie is dog shit don't watch it the first lost boys dino second and third oh no uh, is Joel Schumacher into bears? Is he exclusively sexualizing <laughs> well, that one guy? Joel Schumacher doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with two Oh, or three. that's a shame. Aye. Uh, but the song itself, it's just an 80s power ballad. Like, that sax, they solos. They go for days, but they, they are fantastic. It's just such a nice burst, and it has that kind of like pan muted guitar picking build throughout the verses, and then into the. It's an excuse for him to launch off into big sax licks for the oh, yeah, chorus. Yeah. And then see, the whole time you're synth- talking about this, though, like the whole time you're talking about this, I can't not see him in my head, like, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking yeah. the sax, like in the way he does in the movie. Like, he, just, he, he is ramming it, he's geeing it there to that sax. He's geeing it there, and that, like, you know, synth, like, build down <laughs> for the chorus, and then. Yeah. That little bridge that I'll march this road, I'll climb this hill. It's like St. Elmo's Fire by John Parr in that kind of cheesy 80s powerhouse way, yeah. which is just fantastic. Do you think Joel Schumacher exclusively builds his movies around cheesy 80s power ballads? Exactly. Well, those 80s films, definitely. I yeah. can't talk about Flatliners. I don't know if there's like a song in Flatliners going like, We are the Flatliners. I'm still alive. Keith Sutherland <laughs> cut his mullet. <laughs> yeah, great song, great movie. I think it's aye, It's time for your second yeah, pick. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, so mine is the most basic bitch pick that one could... It is a little bit. Yeah, it is, but like, okay, sometimes the classics are the best. It's Little Green, Green. Bag from Reservoir Dogs. By the George Baker selection. From Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in, Jamie. Because <laughs> I won't get sued for one bass note. <laughs> That was Little Green Bag. By George Baker and Jan Visser, who we just found out in Dutch. Yeah, um, good for them. Obviously featured in the film Reservoir Dogs yes. by, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Quentin Tarant- 
Tarantino. All right. Okay. I can. I can educate you. Yeah. It's Quentin Tarantino. Tarn, and Tarantino. I was just about to say, as a, a mark of respect to him, neither of us are wearing socks or shoes. Yeah, that's true. So that he can effectively fetishize this podcast. You're welcome, Quint. I have horrible feet, bitch. So come ahead. <laughs> oh, don't say come. <laughs> <laughs> No, we've been cut off foot if it was. Oh, yeah. Jeez, oh. So that's, that's, uh. That was horrible! Oh, oh. Aye, that's a fun song. It's a great song. It's such a great song. You know how there's those songs like, um, Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve? Aye. Like, pure walking down the street songs. Aye, aye. You can't not imagine, like, with I'm Deranged, you know, the only thing you can see is the, uh, car, yeah, you know, yeah. driving for the desert. Like, with that, like, you have to be walking somewhere. You have to be walking. Because. It's got such a good rhythm to move to. It, yeah, like, okay, so Quentin Tarantino is obviously a beast, an arsehole, and... Is he a beast? He's some capacity of beast. Should I not say that in case I don't know, yeah, I was going to say, did they call him a beast? Okay. He's... Quentin Tarantino is obviously not a very nice man in some capacities. Aye. She said carefully. Look, I'm going to be honest, he's a fucking dick. Yeah, he is. And he, he... He's made some good movies. He's made some great movies. He's made some phenomenal fucking movies. Pulp Fiction among them. Uh, I like Quentin Tarantino. I know you don't have a lot of time uh, for him. Yeah, I'm a bit mixed on the old um, Tarantino. I like Reservoir I, Dogs, though. I really like Quentin Tarantino movies. Mm. For my sins, I like them. Mm. Yeah, I can't think of anything I enjoy more than the opening of Reservoir Dogs mm. with them all walking, walking down... down yeah, it just... It's, the baseline kicks in. Everything about that is um, a perfect scene. The kind of baseline gives me real vibes of, do you know, Green Onions by Booker T. Yeah, and I do, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of same, like, yeah. funk bass. And, like, uh, I think... I might not be correct in this, but most of, the, most of the kind of rhythm in that song is syncopated. So, like, things are coming in, like... Mm, um, 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 yeah. To give you a kind of walking... I think that's where it gives you the rhythm of Right, walking. right, okay. So it feels, yeah... Um, it's just so catchy as well that build to the chorus like yeah. there's there's a clear vocal progression that really like goes really clean for the song where he starts off kind of singing and he sings a bit louder and then of course he's screaming yes. for that bit and I'm like yes that's yeah. great my thing is with Quentin Tarantino I could pick literally anything he's ever put in a movie and yeah. it's probably going to be great did he not put um, you put the lime in the coconut and drink it all did he not uh, put that in a movie as that. well he also you could have easily picked Stuck in the Middle of You by Steeler's Wheel uh-huh, for which I should have because I love Jerry, Jerry Rafferty Paisley's second favourite Jerry Aye. after Jerry McCann Aye. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many so many songs you could have picked from a Quentin Tarantino movie. But that is my favourite. That's actually. my favourite as well. That's my favourite. That's I, my favourite. The only one that I would maybe pick over this uh-huh. is Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack okay. and Jackie Brown. Which is, again, a perfect pick for that film. Yeah. The, yeah. He's just, he's a brilliant soundtrack. He knows his music. He, he does. knows his music so well. And for all the things that are wrong with him, which you cannot dispute, mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with his picks and tunes. No. But once upon a time in Hollywood was shy. It's not that good. It's, it's not that good. Why do people? Uh, I just, I just don't. This get is it. not a movie podcast. Let's move on. It, it does have one good scene though. What one? The bit where Brad Pitt goes to the um, Manson Yard. That was good. Yeah, that was good. That was tense. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Time for my <laughs> next pick. Okay. Another scene that I just oh, I love. But then that's you know, I don't need to say that. You know already. These are all. Deeply connected to my soul. It is In Time by Robbie Robb. 
That song is indeed excellent! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so that was In Time by Robbie Robb, featured in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It was, yeah. It comes in a pivotal moment where, you know, things aren't going so right for the boys travelling through time in their phone box with George Carlin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a tough time, so they go to a future where the world has been saved by their music. Uh-huh. There's sick air guitar, there's sick solos in the background, mm-hmm. and these people in these sick robes, they're like, holy shit, these are the progenitors of our civilization. Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan are here. And so they stand up an air guitar at them when that plays. In a kind of real moment, me and my good friend Cammie mm-hmm. were watching that movie one time, and I think... I don't know, we both were feeling some some level of depression mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I think it was before I went through all the worst of my depression. Mm-hmm. We were almost moved to tears by that scene where they start air guitaring Aww. to it. And in time, everything will be alright. But that, you know, that it's a really uplifting movie. It is, it's a nice movie. Yeah. And as you can tell, I have a bit of a soft spot for 80s power ballads. It is abundantly clear. Yeah, I mean, two of my picks. It is abundantly so far. fucking clear. Katie, you made the point while we were listening. That it sounds a lot like U two. I would say, I'd say it's somewhere between Van Halen and U two. Okay. Like kind of you know power pop fusion of eighties metal and fucking U 2s kind yeah. of like pop. Like it does have that with or without you feel where it builds from like kind of pan music yeah. chorusy guitars to the absolute explosion that is the chorus because that whole first verse is very quiet and just mm. kind of uses layers of guitars to make like background noises and then suddenly the drums kick in and in time everything will be alright and another intelligent observation uh, (laughs) the guy sounds like Bono he does sound a bit like Bono he he sounds like Bono so Um, that's what makes it sound like U2 I'm happy that you can stand that song because you hate U2 I do I I hate U2 so much (laughs) I I don't mind U2 I don't like Bono and I don't like The Edge one time we went to the U2 museum in uh, Dublin, mm-hmm. and an American woman asked if I wanted my picture taken beside Mr. Mistopheles. Is no, that? No, that's, that's the character from Cats. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Magical <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles. As the one, yeah. Um, no, um, In my head, they're the same person. So, a bit of a tangent then, if you can really describe <laughs> this. During the pop tour for you two, uh-huh. Bono would come out on stage in a gold lame suit, paint his face white, red lipstick, and wear devil horns. And it was a character called Mister Mcfisto, where he would That's make it. he would make prank calls on stage. There's a fucking he would phone celebrities, yeah. like George Bush and shit like that. Anyway, it was a terrible idea. That whole fucking period of you two is well, not for me. Uh, but Mister Mcfisto is like the cringiest patter I've ever come across, uh-huh. and there was a fucking statue of him in the, in the Bono muse- room. In the U2 room, room in the Little Museum of Dublin. And so I was like, get my photo with him. Yeah, and this American woman came up to us and she's like, do you want your photo taken with him as well to me? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. Mm. No, I want no evidence that I've been in this room. And I was just sitting there like, there's must be a big feast, though, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's betting Brian Glowcalls. <laughs> yeah, then the woman asked us whereabouts in Ireland we were from, and that's that's mm. when we left. Standard Americans, eh? <laughs> Speaking of standard Americans, though, I don't think I've like ever heard... You know, there's not much reference to that outside yeah. that movie. A little note. So, for the YouTube version of the playlist and Spotify version will be different. The actual soundtrack version's only just been put on Spotify relatively okay. recently, I think. So, the version on YouTube that i most used to listening to is one where uh, a random person has put a guitar solo at the front of it to mimic the bit in the movie because like, it doesn't build the chorus for okay. much longer in the movie. It's like some random, random guy. So, it will be that version. 
I don't know what the last name is. I think it's Marcus Wright. Okay. So there you go. Thanks, um, Marcus. Yeah, uh, fantastic movie. Looking forward to the third one. Hope yes. it's better than Bogus Journey, but that was still a fun movie at least. Aye, Katie. Yes. What is your next pick? Great question. It is Love Missile F111 by Six Six Sputnik. I love that song. Sadly, the whole world didn't know Seek Seek Sputnik's name. Because <laughs> uh, this was the only hit. But a fantastic song. Did you know, though, I didn't know this until I looked it up on Wikipedia, mm. not but 20 minutes ago, oh. that Seek Seek Sputnik were formed from the remnants of Generation X. Oh, were they? Yeah. It's, it's, without uh, it's, Billy. The, it's the guitarist of Generation X oh, that nice. started Seek Seek Sputnik. Nice. Just I didn't that. know that. So that's the second absolute bop they've ever made. Oh, yeah. Oh, more than second, actually. Third. Yeah. Kiss Me Deadly and Dancing with Okay, myself. so you love Generation X. Yes. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. So Love Whistle, F1 out of 11, from Ferris Buelas. Ferris Buelas. Day off. It comes right at the start in the scene where he's just yes. faked his illness to get his they day off. They bought it. They bought it. <laughs> and he opens <laughs> the curtains. Why Matthew Broderick ever sound like that? <laughs> He sounds like a New York gangster in my head. They bought it. And then he opens the curtains and it's just like, shoot it up. It starts with the kind of synthy like I don't know what I'm making the noise <laughs> I'm sure that's really great for people listening. Yeah. It feels like a track that if you just re-instrumented it could be a punk track. Yes. If you took that synth line and put it on a guitar and well, uh, distorted it and I pan mean, muted. So Generation you hear, X. You can hear the Generation totally, X and right? that totally. It's a song that could only exist between 1980 and 1990. Oh, it's found... high energy. Like, it's, it's, it's high energy dance but music. But it's extreme 80s kind of cheese as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's fucking sampling, like, movie trailers and stuff. Yeah. And slapping them in arrhythmically. Uh-huh. Just throughout. My favourite bit in that song is right at the end where just over everything on the track goes so fucking loud and completely off rhythm and tempo the rest of the song he goes, Scarface! Like that. <laughs> It but just yeah. makes no sense. No, like the song is the song is amazing, but mm. it's such a get up and go kind it's of a, great song. It's, it's the fantastic intro to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. For it sure, really sets again sets the mood for the movie. Yeah, it's high energy. It's fun. Yeah, it's just it's so much fun. Silly. And it's silly. It's silly, exactly. And you know that Ferris is about to have the best day off mm. ever. Cameron has to get out of bed, even though he thinks he's dying. Cameron's not fucking dying. When Cameron was in Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. Aye. That's my favourite bit of the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ferris Bueller's Day Off is an army for me that I stick on at any time I'm sad. Yes, me too. And it has that kind of get up and get out. Yeah. Um, Same with The Breakfast Club. A lot of that kind of, and same with St. Elmo's Fire, Lost Boys. Bill and Ted it's these uplifting 80s movies I know we've kind of had a theme in the middle of it More although or less. our last our first two and our last two are going to break us out of yes, that yes very much so um, but yeah like John Hughes is another one I don't know if he has somebody who does soundtracks for him like I don't know if he has a uh, music yeah editor, I'm not sure about his or picks or if John Hughes has any hand in or had any hand in picking the songs but like in his direct- all of his song, all yeah. of his films have the most amazing soundtracks. I mean, think of Psychedelic Furs, Pretty in Pink, yes. uh, Don't You Forget About Me by um, that Edinburgh band, Simple Minds. Simple oh my Minds. god, why can I forget things? They're not from Edinburgh. 
The Glasgow? Yes, we the had Glasgow, this discussion yeah. last week. Sorry, I'll listen to that. <laughs> it's okay. Those Frank Clayton bands that aren't mine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, it's the most amazing start to that mm-hmm. movie and you totally buy into noted murderer Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick yeah. as... R.I.B. <laughs> those people in that car crash yeah <laughs> it was it was one moment but okay um, yes the oh, person so the value of human life doesn't <laughs> no I just so, so he gets away with it he gets away with it I was just correcting you you said those people and he did get away with it he Matthew did. Broderick literally got away with murder anyway still um, not the worst thing that ever happened to him I think we've talked about this on this podcast before have we really yeah quite possibly oh it's a distinct possibility because every time it comes up I'm yeah. like Matthew Broderick murdered a guy did you know that Mm. It was a woman, actually. Yeah, it was, it was a lady. Um, anyway, so... But you totally buy into mm. Ferris Bueller as this maniacal... Genius. Genius, like, you know... Little sociopath. Like, he is! Like, he's he's scheming as fuck. He's oh, yeah. a scheming wee bastard. Machiavellian wee prick. Machiavellian was the word I was looking for, but I didn't remember how to pronounce it, so I didn't want to say it mm. out loud. Thank you for saying That's that. That's alright. <laughs> so... I bring the smarts, you bring the looks. <laughs> This I, is a I, wish. I was gonna say I wish. This is a <laughs> that was a sick burn on Can my part. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So my last pick is a bit of a tone change. Uh, just to bring us nice and down again, back to reality to our current horrible world. It is Com Sister Tote by Ariane Cleopatra Schreiber and Shiro Sagisu. So a quick note before we go any further, the YouTube playlist version and the Spotify playlist version are going to be very different. The YouTube playlist version is the one used in End of Evangelion, the movie that is featured in, but there's no version of that on Spotify, so we had to find the best sounding cover. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good. So I would recommend listening to the YouTube version just so you can actually hear the version that was in the movie. But I think the song speaks for itself anyway. Yeah, totally. So of course that was Comsus or Tote, or Come Sweet Death, for or anyone who doesn't speak. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Written and uh, composed for The End of Evangelion, the follow-up movie to the essential 90s anime. If you've seen Evangelion, and if you've seen the end of Evangelion, you know that there's no other song that could fit where that song goes. Yeah, it's... yeah. And it blows my mind that that song, that genius song, was written specifically for Evangelion. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics were literally written in English by Hideaki Anno himself. And, yeah, that song's a masterpiece. It's a really good song. It feels like it's in two parts, and, like... The start is very piano ballady, then it has this excellent kind of descending sequence with, you know, the lyrics fitting it so well, but if all returns to nothing, it all keeps tumbling down, that's tumbling down, tumbling down. That's literally what I was about and to say. It, it feels like you're spiraling downward, yes. and if you've seen End of Evangelion, shit's going wild at shit's that point. Shit's going mental. I mean, Evangelion is, you know, fairly wild for the whole thing of it, yeah. but the End of Evangelion is something else. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a perfect fit to... Hmm. The end for the series, I think. Yeah, to what is essentially the most beautifully animated fever dream I've ever seen. Yes. Imagine if Nietzsche <laughs> was really into big robots. Don't bring fucking Friedrich Nietzsche into this. If he Nietzsche, doesn't deserve that. If Nietzsche <laughs> and Freud were really fucking into robots. Don't bring Friedrich Nietzsche into this, he deserves better. <laughs> and Jung was somewhere in the background shouting about... Uh, 
instrumentality. <laughs> Absolutely, as he often did, I've heard. <laughs> That's the Evangelion term for it, anyway. I think the original Evangelion series and the movie mm-hmm. are an insanely important piece of art. Yeah. The It comes across at first as like a standard kind of mecha anime, and then it just turns into this wild, philosophical, life-questioning, depression yeah. Of a show, and it is like it's how he dealt with his depression. And he expressed it beautifully through mm. robots fighting. And I mean, are which, they really robots? That's a question you've got to ask yourself as well. Don't give shit away. If people haven't seen it, I would. Say, I'm just asking. I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking a philosophical question. Are we all robots? Are we robots? Who's yeah. the robot? And the song itself is as beautifully complex as a series. Yeah. I tried to learn it on guitar and piano, and it. The vocally as well, and with the amount of key changing and the amount yeah. of the way it shifts and the way it moves is very hard to follow. Ah, uh, it is. It's just, it's this complex beast, but it all together sounds absolutely fucking beautiful. It does, yeah. And it's I don't know. There's something about it that's just it's one of those ones again. We've been talking a lot about songs that are inseparable from the, the media. media they've been used in, mm-hmm. and of course it was written for Evangelion, right? Of mm. course, so like you're not going to separate it regardless. Mm. But I can't not see the end of Evangelion. Evangelion and I don't yeah. want to spoil it. No, no. But like... Shit going wild. Just say shit going wild. Not even shit going wild. Not even shit going wild. Like, you know how I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but there's that very momentary calm at the end of Evangelion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that like very, very small moment of calm before the characters all realise... Uh oh shit, we fucked Aye. in a kind of, you know, but in a, in a meta-philosophical way. Um, so I can't separate the song from that scene in mm. my head. That's mm. how they'll always live together. Mm. In is, my head. We, when we're making this list, we didn't want to talk about scoring. Yeah. We wanted to talk about songs used in movies. Yeah. Like whether they're written for the movies or not. And it's the beautiful use of a piece of music marrying with the animation and the story of the mm. movie like it's almost fourth wall breaking because the, the characters aren't hearing this song but there's no other way you could see this happening yeah absolutely it's a beautiful marriage of thematic uh, music yeah. and writing and and it and... ends very musically as well like mm. there's a real rhythm to the way that Evangelion ends yeah. so like they are they are inseparable they are anyway that's enough weeb ranting <laughs> Can't wait for us to do the anime episode. Yeah, the anime themes episode. Oh my god, that's going to be... <laughs> you think we're joking? That we're not fucking joking. <laughs> Let's pop our insane leaking brains, uh, which were caused by... <laughs> Instrumentality. Instrumentality. <laughs> the angels are here. Katie, what's your last pick? Hi, yes. My last pick is Miss Misery by Elliot Smith from the movie Goodwill Hunting. Thank you. That was Miss Misery by Elliot Smith from the movie Good Will Hunting, which I don't think you've seen, James. No, um, I'm going to be honest here. It's a movie. I've not seen the movie. Don't know anything about it. Well, I know a little bit about Elliot Smith. I know he's deep. R.I.P. Yep. But other than that, he makes sad music. That's all I know. He does. He makes song, He makes very sad music. It's songs about a lady who's sad. Uh, yes. The titular Miss Misery. Yes. <laughs> Eponymous. Um, yeah, so I've got Wikipedia open here. Oh. I, I started to describe the movie to you earlier and it just kind of fell apart a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Because <laughs> it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. So Good Will for Hunting is about uh, this janitor um, who's on a deferred sentence for assault on a police officer, played by Matt Damon. And he is, he's a savant almost, like he's like he's a genius. Yeah. And he gets a job at MIT as a janitor mm. and discovers that he has the power to math. And Robbie Williams tells a story about farting at some point. Robin Williams reveals he has the power to feel. To feel farts? Fuck off with your gags! <laughs> <laughs> um, Elliot Smith, though, was a big sad core boy. Oh, yeah. Acoustic musician. I don't get his music. And okay, I do, no, that's I, completely fine. I do like sadcore. You know, I'm big fan of Neutral Milk. Yeah, yeah. Um, this kind of stuff can work for me. Totally. He's just a big sad acoustic boy, there's not... Elliot Smith doesn't do it for me. There's not a lot to him. That's an alright song, though, Miss Misery's fine. Miss Misery's a great song, I think. But yeah, so he mysteriously died mm-hmm. when his girlfriend may or may not have stabbed him in the chest six times. So we're, we're talking about a Courtney Love kind of situation here. Uh, but more blatant. Yes. She may or may not have stabbed him six times while she may or may not have been locked in the bathroom. There's a lot of allegedly's mm. happening in the scenario. For some reason I had him confused with Jeff Buckley in my head. Jeff Buckley walked into a river yeah, and died. Yeah, that's, that's how I thought that Elliot Smith died for a hot minute. Oh, there, no, no. Then. Elliot Smith didn't go near water. He was mm. the grottiest looking man you've ever seen in your life. To be fair, yes. He does look like he needs a water. Yeah, he did need it. No, he's mm. dead. Mm. Jeff Buckley, on the other hand, was incredibly clean and just went into a river with his shoes on and mm. decided to swim and then disappeared mysteriously. Mm. R.I.P. Sad Boys. Yeah, Sad Boys for life. Sad Boys. And Sad, sad boys, boys for death. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when they stab you six times in the heart? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that was the... I think it was a Grammy Award winning Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, Miss Misery won a Grammy. And mm. Elliot Smith, the... Posthumously or... No. He was he was very much alive. He didn't die until, like, 2003 or something. That was, like... I don't know like, anything late about 90s. it. Late 90s. But Gus Van Sant uses a lot of Elliot Smith music mm. in his movies. Is he um, a sad boy, too? I think so. I'm not sure. I've never met Gus Van Zandt. I'll need to ask him. Um, yeah, if you okay. see him, let me know. But like, so Elliot Smith did this incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a Grammy. Yeah, I think it was a Grammy. Of Miss Misery at the Grammys. And he's wearing a white suit and looking incredibly high and uncomfortable. <laughs> which is Elliot Smith's two moods. High and uncomfortable. And that's a miraculous fusion of both. Yes. Yeah. So... So why do you like that song musically? I think that song is stunning. I think it speaks really well to the instrumentality. Oh, oh my god, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total accident. The instrumentation uh. that Elliot Smith uses in a lot of his songs, that kind of complex mm-hmm. acoustic guitar work. Like, he was, a, he was a big, scary-looking kind of guy. Like, he just mm. looked like a big, angry like kind of gnarled looking dude but he mm. sang these really beautiful soft spider kind of whispery songs i get what you mean kind of like web like intricate yeah um, i feel you on that there's a softness to elliot's and a sadness and oh, i really it's, appreciate it's, that it's very soft it's very lo-fi it's kind of it's you're right with the spider imagery it gives me kind of web like feeling yeah absolutely there's a delicacy to the way that he crafts his or crafted mm. Delicate and intricate. Very much so. I think it spoke really beautifully to the nature of Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. with this kind of unassuming genius in the movie. Yeah. And Elliot Smith, as far as I am concerned, 
being this very sad, intricate, unassuming mm. genius of a musician. Mm. His Where guitar it, work is stunning. Yeah. Really stunning. Where does the song play in the movie? Oh, it's in the credits. Plays over the credits. Yeah, it plays over the credits of the movie. But, again, I think... This is why I had to clarify Grammy rule. No, yes. Oscar rule, sorry. Oscar rules. I think that's the place for it to sit, though. Mm-hmm. Because the movie ends in this, like, I won't spoil it, because you should definitely watch Good Wilhelm, yeah. but it ends in this little note of hope. Mm. And I don't know, there's something sad but hopeful to Elliot Smith. Mm. Elliot Smith's sadness is a very blue-collar thing. Mm. Like, I'll make it through the day with some help from Johnny Walker Red. Like, mm. he's not... He's just a guy, you mm. know, a sad guy. And that's what I love about it. Mm. I've finished talking about it now. I was going to start doing the Oscar style playing you off. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we're all thoroughly, thoroughly depressed after the highs of our lovely 80s power yes. ballads, thank you for listening, I guess. Yeah. Uh, next time looks like we're going to be covering video game music. So let us know your favourite video game songs at 8Tracks Podcast on Twitter or leave it in the comments. If anyone wants to suggest the song from Final Fantasy X, um, Another World Awaits You, which... Jamie is laughing at me because I'm about to do an impression of it. It's really bad. And it's don't you give up on it. Another one awaits you. If anyone even tries to suggest that, I will put it in my list. Yeah. <laughs> Please suggest that. I want to hear that song. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't do metal screams. Oh. Come on. Give it. Give it. Give. I can't. I'm not the guy from the Disturbed. Look. For for the outro, please, Katie, can you do your best metal scream? I'll, I'll hang on. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, well, I guess we'll catch you next time. Katie, your best metal scream now. Uh... <laughs> best metal scream 2020. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.